Welcome back to the In God She Trust podcast. This is Mandy. <laughs> Sorry. I Kendry was, and Tasha are both here as well. Right. <laughs> you know, we've had a real interesting start to this <laughs> We're not where we normally are. No. We're not sitting how we, I guess we are, kind of in the same sitting situation. Yeah. But. Yes. So, you know, it's just, we're human, whatever. But we're all here for you at yes. nine something at night and yeah. recording for you. And we have a kind of a doozy of a topic again yeah i mean so when we did the um the unknown um topics it was funny because you and i this topic that we're going to discuss tonight was our like backup topics you Uh had said that this one was your backup and this was like another one that i had had planned if i had not talked about what we did last week hopefully you guys like those um they were i thought it was kind of fun i liked it yeah Yeah, it was was fun. fun so today we are talking about forgiveness And in my personal opinion, I think it is probably the hardest biblical concept to wrap your brain around. I don't know about the hardest, but the hardest to like characteristic, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, and to actually like follow through with. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to say. Yep, and hard. It's really to walk out and to make a part of your life. But it's the core reason why we. Have our faith. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. our entire faith. Makes me sound horrible. No, no. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it is. It's it's easier said it's than done. It's literally what it's around, but yeah. it's the hardest thing to to do, which makes mm-hmm. it even more that much more special that he was able to do that for us. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I think it's a I think it's a huge reason why people don't come to acceptance of of their faith of, of what it takes to believe in Jesus Christ is because mm-hmm. they can't get over this one final hump of mm-hmm. forgiveness for people um, and I, I mean I personally have been in situations where it's I've had to really had to grin and grit and get myself to even a part in my life where I wanted to think about Mm-hmm. forgiveness let alone getting through to the act of but it is so freeing once you let god just handle that mm-hmm. and take it over um so so mm-hmm. Kitri, i bet you have some notes i do okay. i'm back to my notes and i'm so <laughs> it's happy three weeks of her not it's having been, notes i know and i okay guys you'll be so proud of me i even did last week my own topic without notes i was like i can do this it's really hard but yeah okay, i have a disclaimer <laughs> we're totally telling on Kitri here yeah. The only reason she didn't have notes is because she had the date wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had the date wrong. I thought it was like the next day that we were recording and like I'm out eating dinner and then they're like, be there in a second. And I'm like, oh no, I haven't prepared yet. <laughs> so I just had to go on a whim. I was totally going to prepare too, but yeah. I didn't get it. You um, remind so. me of, you remember that Big Bang episode where um, Sheldon can't, his girlfriend Amy won't let him finish <laughs> anything. Like she's trying to break him of that and so she'll like, like sing happy birthday but won't finish it and then she'll like play a game of tic-tac-toe with him and or something and won't finish it oh, no, oh yeah and then after she leaves for the day he literally goes back through and finishes <laughs> everything that is so and, yeah and so i totally imagine kitri after we even left yeah. that night even though I the podcast said? was what done she then did, did her research <laughs> did you really no. Uh, no, I did it today. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I've totally procrastinated. Okay, so it's funny because like now that dance is over and I, I broke in for summer, like I'm like turning like into a weird procrastinator. And it's because I'm like, oh, I have all this time, and then I'm like, oh, I don't. But yeah, I have notes, and I'm excited to have yeah. them. Back. So um, she's glowing. I am. <laughs> so I was looking up the definition of forgiveness, and like, okay, there's some, one was like the ability to forgive, and I was like that's dumb that's not a definition it's so using the same word it's using the same word it's like the ability to forgive i was like that's no so psychologist like a mom answer <laughs> what does this mean uh <laughs> to forgive so psychologists in general gen generally wow define forgiveness as a conscious deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness Mm -hmm. and i thought that was a really really good 
definition. And there's one word in there that I really want to circle in on and it's the word decision, because I really think that forgiveness has to be a choice and we can either choose to hold on to it or we can choose Mm -hmm. to forgive and to let go and let God kind of come in and start that healing process. But we can't say I forgive you and then still hold a grudge on that person, Mm -hmm. you know, and then come back you know, five weeks later or a year later, be like, well, remember when you did that, you know, that that's like the same thing. That's not forgiveness. If it's going to be pulled back and, you know, I don't want to say remembered later. Cause I, I have a used later, used later. Thank you. Cause I have a problem with the term forgive and forget. Right. Right. I feel like I, it, it has good like qualities behind it, you know, because you're not supposed to hold a grudge. Um, but you know, but then it's also, not supposed to be like forgive and then just um, forget and just keep going and doing the same cycle over and over again. But we, I really feel that choosing to forgive is a huge part of just the biblical aspect of forgiveness because God chose to forgive us mm-hmm. as well. And you, even though we all kind of cringe at that forget and forget, I think that's the human side of us that mm-hmm. is like knowing how hard it is, but mm-hmm. that is exactly what Jesus did. And the Bible literally says that once he, once you ask for forgiveness, he doesn't have any account of it at all anymore. He never ever brings anything that you say, Lord, I need your forgiveness for this on. He literally does forgive and forget. It's that's just gone. Can I give an illustration Please. I remember hearing when I was yeah. a teenager? Yeah. Um, and maybe it's wide out there and other people have heard it. I don't know. I have never heard it again. But so we they were discussing that and we're, you know, we're a bunch of new believers, teenagers and, and at um, some sort of youth conference. And a guy was like, okay, so take your sin. It's a water droplet. And when it when you ask for forgiveness, it goes into the pool. Can you refine that same water droplet? Mm. And you mm. cannot. It's gone. It's that's it's gone, gone forever. And so that's kind of what I've always thought of. I am terrible. I'm just gonna put that out there. I am terrible at walking this out like I'm supposed to. And I probably have had to walk out more things than maybe God had originally planned because I have to learn a couple things. <laughs> oh, that hurts to say. But still, we're, we're all Israelites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that's, I like that illustri- mm-hmm. illustration of, I mean, there's plenty of other mm-hmm. well-used yeah. things, but. I like that because, yeah, you can't find, you can't find it that either. water droplet. And you were talking about the, you know, the verse that says, well, it's funny, I have it in my oh, notes. I know you do. Um, Isaiah 43, <laughs> 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Mm-hmm. You just said Isaiah and that popped up something that is very relevant, I think, to this topic. So mm-hmm. um, in Second Chronicles and Second Kings, potentially, uh, Manasseh, do you, I don't know if you guys remember. Mm-hmm. So people like equate Manasseh as like worse than Hitler, worse than Stalin, because he, so his dad was Hezekiah, yep. and Hezekiah was a great king, and he was very godly. But yeah. then he has this kid, and I think he, he was one of those that took over the throne when he was, like, 12 or something like that. But he, the Bible says he was awful. Like, he, it's, I think there's a, a verse in there that says that he, like, arose God's anger against him because he was totally into the, he, he sacrificed one of his own sons to um, a god. He was totally into witchcraft and sorcery and mediums and um, all of that, um, like taking all of these idols into God's holy of holy temples that they mm-hmm. had made. And then it's just like asking for God's yeah, wrath and fire yeah, to come upon you. Absolutely. And and he did all of these and multiple murders and sacrifices and totally just worshiped like the stars and all of the things that God says do not do, Manasseh does. When you said Isaiah, it made me think that he I know we know Isaiah is, is a great prophet mm-hmm. and Manasseh is the one who actually murdered him. Um, he tied him between two trees and literally sewed him in half. I think they or sawed him in half. And they said that like once it got to his chin is when he 
died. I mean, and, and it was a horrible of this great king, right? Or a prophet. And so God... Mandy's in my face are literally I, I like... I did not oh, know this. Yeah. I didn't know how he died either. And now I'm yeah. like... Yeah, he tied oh. him between two trees and then he, he sawed him in half. And which was actually a kind of a common thing that they did to people so you at know, some points. But wait, if you look back at it, like just like death and torture back then, mm. they were great at it. Creative? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and not in a good way. Like, I don't want anyone to come at me like, oh my gosh, she was like saying they were so creative. No, like creative in like the most brutal yeah, and terrible horrible, ways. Horrible ways. And, and yeah, and, and God finally had just had enough. I mean, I'm sure that he had so much patience with him, but he finally had enough. And so he turned um, the tables on him and he ended up getting captured. And they, I think it was the Romans that captured them and then took him to, yeah, so they took him to Babylon and um, put him in prison in Babylon. And he repented in the prison like he finally started like seeing the light after all of these horrific things and it it reminds me of you know Saul of Tarsus um too he did all these horrific things and then God Mm -hmm. makes him opens his eyes but he he has done all these things and he asks the Lord for his forgiveness now God has every single right in the world not to forgive this Mm -hmm. guy and yet he does and he repents he restores him to his throne and the coolest thing about this is that Jesus is actually a descendant from Manasseh and so it's like crazy forgiveness right Mm -hmm. and so we sit here and we think about like the things that we've done and like oh I threw my hands up in the air because that person took my parking spot and then I feel horrible about something like that and not trying to minimize the things that we do. Did you just look into what I do with my car? Oh, no, no. God is working on me with my road rage. Oh, man. Because, like, I'll do that and then I'll immediately be like, sorry, I'm sorry, I know. Yeah, so anyways, that was funny. But I think we all have um, these situations in our life where we're like, I can't forgive that person they have just done Mm -hmm. so much wrong to us and then you look at like Manasseh and the Lord has so much mercy and grace it is unreal because like to humans you know if like somebody had did that to us and it was a human up to a human to forgive or to Mm -hmm. judge that person we would condemn them by any way and like you know forgiveness is not just for like the little petty you know, I had a fight with my sister. I called her a mean name thing, but it's just like to the people who, and like, I'll just get real for a second. Like to the people who were like beaten by their parents, how do you forgive a mother or a father who beat you or neglected Mm -hmm. you or abused you or somebody who took advantage of your innocence when you were little or like people who have been molested or people who have had family members murdered? Like how, I mean, that those are huge Mm -hmm huge things that by biblical standards i'm I'm just going to be bold and say it that we are obligated to forgive Mm -hmm. because there's a passage um, that i really really like in matthew matthew 6 14 and 15 for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a big thing because you're like, oh, wait. I mean, because, yeah, God is endless in his forgiveness. But he's, I, I, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily going to be like, oh, I forgive you, but you can hold a grudge against somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, like, with those huge things, I mean, I, I, I've had really big things for people that, like, that I've struggled to forgive with, but nothing as, like, huge as that. So, like... Well, it, it brings to mind like Corey Ten Boom, and mm-hmm. you know, and she. And for those of you who don't know, Corey Ten Boom was a um, Jew who was captured by the Nazis and taken into um, a, a concentration camp. And I think she was the only survivor out of her, her family. Out yeah. of her family. Out yep. of her family, and they were um, hiding Jews in the walls of their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she was very close with her sister, and her sister was. Like you said, she Corey was the only survivor, but her sister was obviously 
put through the depths of of hell through Mm -hmm. that whole situation and her sister didn't make it and Corey ran into later in life the guard that ended up I didn't like, know yeah, that. she like yeah. went back to get yeah. like a speech. We started the book, yeah. the hiding place, but we haven't gotten far. And into she it. was like going around talking about forgiveness. She wasn't was talking she? Yeah. about forgiveness, yeah. and she ran into the guy that was mainly responsible for murdering her sister. And that woman, I get. I think he went to like he put his hand out to shake her hand. Yeah, and and she just she found it in her heart, and she. I, I mean, I can't remember the details of it. I just know that she spoke love and kindness to mm-hmm. him. She did say, and, though, that, like, when he stuck out his hand to shake her hand, she said, like, she definitely hesitated. Because mm-hmm. she knew she would be, like, willingly taking the hand of the person who... And, and not just the person, but, like, mm-hmm. what the Nazis did, the people who killed her family and her people and, like, put them through horrible things that she definitely hesitated and there was still a part of her... Her human want to, yeah. yeah, of course. Yep, but, but yeah, she spoke love over him. She spoke love over him, and 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 there's another. There's there's so many of these stories where you know they they come against their captors, and I I heard one um, not too long ago, and he he came across his captor, and he was like, "Do you know who I am?" And he said, "No." You know, the guard said, "No," and he told him his name, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I remember you," and the guy mm-hmm. said the guy preached the gospel to him at that mm-hmm. point and he said he was talking about that verse that you just read about how yeah. you know if, if the lord forgives me then how what, who am i to not forgive you and mm-hmm. the guy was so taken aback and he was like you would forgive me for all yeah. of those things that i did and he was yeah. like yes because by human standards the, the, the human part of us wants us to flip somebody the bird mm-hmm. and hold a grudge <clears throat> And that's just that's just our flesh yeah. talking. But um, when we choose not to forgive somebody, regardless if, if it was something petty or something humongous, and we hold on to it, it doesn't hurt that person. I mean, it, like, they might be upset a little bit if it's, like, a friend or a family that you refuse to forgive them. But for the most part, they're just still going to go about their daily lives. But it's going to turn us into dark bitter like golem like creatures mm-hmm. on the inside well it gives us bad you know a spirit of just contempt if if i guess if that's the word that we want to use yeah. and and that is just satan getting i mean we have to kind of step back and reevaluate that it's it's not about us forgiving this person for the wrongdoings that they did. It's about mm-hmm. us stepping back and saying, I'm in a spiritual battle right here, and I've got Satan whispering in my ear to hate and to be upset and to hurt. And it's not about us and this person anymore that hurt us. It's about us saying, get back, Satan. I'm not going to listen to you. I rebuke you because you don't have control over me. Yeah, and... Forgiveness, I think, also is a process. I mean, it's it's it sounds really, really great that you can just be like, I forgive you, and then this huge burden is lifted off of your shoulders. But sometimes it's a process of going to the Lord every single day, sitting down, and it the it, the Bible says to cast all of your fears and your anxieties on Me, and it's just like every day, just laying that that transgression down mm-hmm. at the at the Lord and having Him help you heal, and. The healing process also comes, I think, with the ability to forgive, um, because when that wound is really, really raw, um, and you have and you haven't healed from it, or you know maybe you're refusing to heal from it, it makes that forgiveness a lot harder. But when we go to the Lord and we lay it at His feet and we let us heal, or sorry, we let Him heal us, that's when I think it's it's where our mindset can start to shift when that healing process, you know, maybe begins and maybe it, it comes later down the line. Maybe it happens immediately, but we also have to heal from what happened to us. It might be immediate. It might be later, but we also have to heal in order to deal. Mm -hmm. I think we have, um, 
I don't know, mentioned the movie The Shack or the book The Shack. Mm. Oh, but yes, it's this in my notes. part. <laughs> it's in my notes. <laughs> of course. Um, the part of that movie that is heart wrenching. I mean, there's the whole part in the in the it's in the book too, but the movie is just easier to um, recall because I read that or I've seen that more recently than I read the book. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, he goes and he's he's talking to, I don't remember what the character was, but it wasn't um, part of the Trinity. Um, anyway, it's about... Like an angel, I think. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole part of that about forgiveness of, well, if you get to be the judge and, and that whole thing, which was really amazing. And if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. definitely watch that. And that is, like, huge. And the yeah. book says it even better, yeah. I think. Really quick backstory. It's about a man whose daughter was kidnapped... The, the, I think they alligated to sexual assault and then was uh, was eventually murdered by this complete stranger. And um, he kind of falls away from the Lord and his anger is, you know, just for this person is becoming over the top. And so he goes to kind of clear his head. I think he like runs off the road, I, I think, in the movie. I can't remember because I haven't um, read the book. He fell on the ice. Oh, he fell on the ice. And then, then he, um, you know, walks up into this shack and then he meets... God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and they're trying to take him through this whole healing process, and then they take him up to this place where the the judgment happens. Okay, so right. Go. Well, I was actually gonna like fast forward, and um, <clears throat> anyway, there's a part towards the end where he has to practice the forgiveness that he learned during the the judgment cave mm-hmm. scene, and uh, and they said he's like, I don't think I can do it, and they said. You just have to keep saying, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. If you have to say it over and over a million times, eventually you'll have to say it, like, instead of saying it every, every right, like, repeatedly right after each other, it'll be every minute, and then it'll be every three minutes, and then it'll be every, mm-hmm. you know, it'll just slowly get easier, and, and I'm not, I want you guys to watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Oh, it's So amazing. I'm not going to say what happens at that part, but... It is this thing that he needed. It's closure, and mm-hmm. he is doing something that is unimaginable. Um, mm-hmm. as, to forgive the person. Yes, to forgive a daughter. parent. Yes, and he's just walking and saying, "I forgive you. I forgive you." And it's it's with bitterness, but at the same time, like he's really trying to apply the stuff. And man, I feel like that is sometimes where <laughs> I know that I have to be like. I forgive you, I forgive you, mm-hmm. I forgive you. And then, I don't think about it as often, and then I can, oh yeah, okay, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then it eventually becomes this thing where you don't, if you don't have the the pain behind it when you have the conversation, mm-hmm. you're starting to heal. Yeah. And you don't have bitterness towards that person. That forgiveness that you've been practicing has finally Mm-hmm. happened but it's not it's not a I chose to forgive you you did something horrible or even something petty right and it's instantaneous always sometimes I mean if you're lucky I'm not but it, it it's a mindset yeah for sure and I've personally have had two instances in my life where I've struggled to forgive people and then I also had a major instance where I was really struggling to forgive myself about something Mm -hmm. and I think it can go either way and then regardless it's not about like when it comes to yourself it's what God thinks about you it's not what you think about you Mm -hmm. and um and then in the other regard for forgiving others it's it's definitely hard, but we have to step back and think about the things that the Lord tells us to do. And if we're going to live the Christian life, per se, a, a Christ follower life, we have to take those steps. Just like you're saying, Mandy, we have to retrain our mind to mm-hmm. um, be willing and to know that it's not about forgiving them like you said Kitri mm-hmm. it's not about because they're not going to they they have no idea the the hurt that we're going through because of them they don't spend their day harboring on it like we do mm-hmm. um, and so it's completely irrelevant to them however yeah. on our end that's why we part of why we do that forgiveness is because we're almost cr- making our anger an idol and mm-hmm. our 
our hurt our idol well we, we get to have power yeah over that person and there's there's something in us that I don't know it, it may, maybe helps us feel better about the situation by not forgiving others because I mean even if they don't know that we haven't forgiven them we still feel like we have control mm-hmm. and power over over that situation but it kind of turns us bitter um lewis smeds or smeds i can't remember how it's pronounced but he has a book called forgive and forget and in that book he wrote when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong you cut a malignant tumor out of your inner life you set a prisoner free but you discover that the real prisoner was yourself Mm -hmm. and you know harboring that hatred or bitterness or vengeance against somebody might feel good for a little bit it might bring you comfort then but down the line you're going to be bound to it and it's like an idol eventually it becomes something that we are enslaved to because they're I, I say it all the time I know it sounds cliche but the only true freedom we have is in Christ mm-hmm. there's there's nothing on this earth that we can put our minds to or, or you know or try to change for you know better like there's no self-help book that will give us the freedom that Christ gives us but if we really think about it like every single person on this earth has in some way sinned so when like jesus died for us like what happened to him was really the most tragic case in history because he was 100 percent perfect and innocent and people knew he was innocent i mean his followers and his disciples knew that that he was innocent and you know, one week earlier, he was claiming um, they, you know, they were putting palm branches down and they were they're welcoming their king in, you know, which is where we get Palm Sunday. And, you know, they were claiming him as their king. And then you know, a week later, he was betrayed by one of his best friends for money. And then he was arrested, arrested for something that he didn't commit. And he was charged for things that he didn't commit, all being 100 percent innocent, never in his life sinned against somebody or made a mistake against somebody and then after he was arrested for something he didn't commit he was denied by his friends who followed him for three years that then the people that one week earlier was crying hosanna in the streets um were begging for a horrendous criminal to be released back into the community instead of a free man and the leader who had that that right to either release the criminal or Jesus back into them, couldn't figure out what what truth was, and that's Pilate. I mean, he was just kind of ignorant to the whole situation, and he knew that this man was innocent, which is why he's like, I say again, who do you want released? And he still condemned an innocent man, and he knew he was innocent. And then he he was asked to be flogged up to 40 times, and flogging is horrendous. I kind of go over that in my Matthew study, but he was forced to carry a heavy cross, and he was weak and riddled with blood loss he had been spat on he had been beaten and then he was nailed to the cross and he was mocked and you know things and all all the while he had never made a a single mistake in his life but he had been betrayed by his friends and those that he loved and as he was being mocked moments before his death after everything and everyone what they all did to him he turned his bloodied face which at this point, Isaiah had said that he was so battered he didn't even look like a man. He was completely unrecognizable. But he lifted his voice up to God and said, Father, please forgive them. They know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And like that is the most tragic case in just, I, I think, in just world history because he was 100% innocent. And everything he went through, the betrayal and the mockery and being sold and everything, but he still, with everything, while he was dying and while he was beaten and bruised and bloodied and couldn't recognize it, he lifted his voice up and like that was like one of his seven things that he said while while dying was father forgive them they know not what, what they do mm-hmm. and he was begging the lord for forgiveness of the people who beat him and put the nails in his hands and for for judas who sold him i mean and i mean i i constantly think i am one of those people that put the nails in his hands because every single sin was put on him and even in the moment where he had every right to say literally to hell with all these people he chose in one in some of his last words to beg for forgiveness for the people who did that to him but he had a greater cause i mean and that's oh, absolutely i mean he ultimately did that for us but you know there's a 
I don't know if it's third day song. It's an older song, so you might remember this, Mandy. And it's um, about the thief on the cross next to Jesus. Mm. It's like, um, I think it's third day, but I think it's called Thief. I think that's literally what it's called. I might recognize it if I heard it, but uh... it's one. It's it's one of the very very few songs that has made me when I hear it like hit my knees in an absolute realization. You saying I'm the one that put the nails in his hands. Uh-huh. It it it's all about the song about the thief on the cross. So the if you guys don't know, um, there was three crosses. Mm-hmm. And there was two two yeah, it's criminals. Thief. It's called Thief. Is it Third Day? Mm-hmm. Okay, Thief. Third Day. Listen to it. It's really good. <laughs> Old song. <laughs> <laughs> listening yeah. to that on the way home. Yeah. So I have um, it's. I bet you recognize it when you when you play it. But um, we spoke about this in the beginning, right? When we were starting about how sometimes the forgiveness part is kind of the deterrent because either it seems too hard or it seems too simple. There's no medium with this forgiveness thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't do that. That's too hard or that's just way too easy. Oh, I forgive somebody. Oh, I'm in heaven, right? But there's there's this guy that's on the cross being crucified just like Jesus is next to him who was an actual criminal he was an actual criminal and he looks over and he sees and he's coming to this realization that jesus is who he says he is and he simply looks over and he says and we we know this but for you though those that don't he says um will you remember me when you go to you know to heaven and Jesus's answer is so beautiful because it says, mm. I promise you that today you will be with me in paradise. This guy, this thief, he didn't, probably never set church, foot in a church. He probably never did communion. He probably wasn't nice to his mama. You know, I mean, he, he just, he didn't do all these things. He didn't have all of the religion um, that some people think that they need mm-hmm. to have. He didn't say the prayer. You know, we're all about, you know, yes, we need to say this prayer. We need to, you know, Lord, forgive my sins. He didn't, he didn't ask Jesus to forgive his sins, but it was his faith in knowing that he was who he was. And he says, just remember me. And Jesus saw his heart. Yep. And saw and his intent. And our Lord being the Lord that he is and being omniscient and omnipotent and all of those things. He he knew that this guy was sincere and that's all it took was for him to be sincere about loving the Lord and knowing who he was. And that's all it took. And... Yeah, I, I listen to it, Mandy. Let me know what you think because I, I it's, I've never heard it either. So yeah, I'm gonna listen to it. It's yeah. just it's so. If raw. I cry, I'm gonna blame you. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but I did. I mean, I, I I really remember this. I was living in New Jersey in a 700 foot square foot crappy apartment under a bridge by the Hudson. That's my story there. <laughs> and I'm in my bathroom, and this song comes on, and all of a sudden. I'm just like on my knees before I know it because it hit me like mm-hmm. I am this thief. This is me. This is who I am. And and God says that in one sin is equates to another sin. Like if you lie in God's eyes you're the same as being a murderer and that's the hard mm-hmm. concept for people oh, to yeah. mm-hmm. to because we like to play judge. Yeah. And then we we like to put our we like to put our bad deeds on a scale of Mm-hmm. You know, not so bad. Well, look at our judicial uh, system. You know, if you murder someone, you get, what, 30 to life. And if you, you know, have like a tiny little misdemeanor, you know, you might get um, parole or whatever. Well, you see it on the other spectrum, too. You see murderers walk free within like uh-huh. three years. And then people who've, you know, done a drug deal because they needed it are in for like 10. And Tosh, you said something earlier that I think is also a really hard part about forgiving is forgiving ourselves sometimes. You know, um, we hear um, amazing stories of people who have kind of like Saul, you know, they've been horrendous people and then they they find Jesus. Well, I I don't even like to say find Jesus because he's always there. He finds us, you know, but um, and then they turn into this like amazing thing 
you know, and when I think of Saul and how he was murdering Christians and he was prosecuting God's church and he was going after specifically these type of people and murdering them and torturing them. And then he comes to God and comes to Jesus. I mean, the Bible really doesn't talk about it. It just says, you know, his, he was blind and his eyes were open and he was, I mean, he wrote, I don't know, probably what, 50% of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's accurate, but I wonder if he ever had a point in his life where he struggled to forgive himself for all of the things that he did because his eyes were opened and he realized. And sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. I, I, I would like to think because he was so filled with the Spirit in a different way than I think some of the other um, disciples and, and people of that time that followed Christ so heavily. I mean, we have to repent. You hear that word repentance, and that's really a part of this whole thing. And it means laying down the things that you've done wrong. And turning from it. Yep. Yeah. And a turning lot of people think repentance just means like saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But if you don't turn from, from your ways, you're not mm-hmm. actually sorry. It literally means to turn mm-hmm. away from. Did you ever have this moment with Ava, like I'm having with my kids right now, where I'm like, you know, I get after him for something and like my son, he'll be like, I'm sorry. And then five minutes later, he'll come up to do it again. And then he's like, I'm sorry. And then I have to say, if you say sorry, that means you're not going to repeat the action. So if you have plans to continue this action, I don't want to hear those words. I'm sorry, because they're not genuine. Right. I, I can't imagine Ava being like that. Well, okay. But. No, I'm not saying she wasn't <laughs> because I know I've had that conversation. Um, and so absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm sure anyway I uh, <laughs> um, I can't think of the exact story but I know we've had it and I know that I've had it having com- I remember having conversations mm-hmm. about it when explaining potentially why it's okay to like leave certain friends mm-hmm. or whatever but specifically her I I I don't remember, but I know I have. But I think that I think that you started like at a, a really good age with her because this kid is a saint, and <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. But it's and it's what I'm trying to do with mine is you have to start that mindset young with them and teach them to forgive young and why you don't apologize and just using words like you follow through with actions mm-hmm. and I th- and, and not saying it's too late if you're just now you know understanding this and you're forty some years old or whatnot you know there's it's never never ever too late because anybody I mean anybody of any age of any background of any like just sin issue any 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 any. can you say any again (sighs) sorry that probably got annoying I apologize (laughs) (laughs) do you forgive me I forgive you thank you you. okay (laughs) see I can't do it If they're on their deathbed and they're 90 years old and they've lived the worst life that they've ever lived Mm -hmm. and they come to the realization that they need to ask Jesus into their life and ask for that forgiveness, if they sincerely come to the Lord and say, please forgive me, Mm -hmm. I repent of these things, then the minute they take their last breath, you know, I tell my kids all the time because they say, you know, know, uh, the people that have died, you know, oh, is that when Grandma Betty died or something? They'll say that and I'll, I'll always tell them, we don't die. We just go from this world to another. We either go from this world mm-hmm. to heaven or hell. There's really, in essence, no such thing we as dying. We just leave this yep. body for a while. And yep. even then, we're going to get a yep. new body later. Yep. And so even if they, if they are on their deathbed, that last breath is going to mean that they wake up in heaven or they wake up in hell. And if you just say with your dying breath, Lord, forgive me, and you genuinely meet it, that is all you need to do. That was literally my grandpa's story. Yeah. He um, was not a believer his entire life. Uh, um, This is my mom's dad. Um, So um, he was, you know, in the military, just kind of like one of those, like, rough and tumble type men, you know. Um, He adopted my mom and my my uncle. They had one one biological son, but my, my grandmother... Um, could not conceive children. She, I think she had, like, I think my mom said up to 10 miscarriages. Just mm-hmm. her body could So this yeah. one child was their miracle baby, and then the doctors were like, you can't have any more kids. So they adopted my mom and my uncle. And um, 
I mean, he was, I think, for the most part, a really great dad. I mean, I heard stories, you know, like all parents, you know, where yeah. you're like, ooh, okay. But um, one day, uh, my mom picked up the phone, and she heard her father online uh, over the phone with his girlfriend. And Oof. she she caught her she caught her dad having an affair, and she had to be the one to tell her mother. Mm. And so it kind of like caused this rift, and um, he he left the family, and he you know married married this this gal. And I remember as a kid, we would go to Grandpa Sam and Julie's house, and um, that was the the woman. Right. And um, he was never a believer. And my my mom came to to Christ when she was really young, eighteen or nineteen, um, something like that. Um, and then over her life, she tried you know telling her dad about it and. He, you know, because he was in the military, he had a mouth on him, and he's like, I don't want to hear about it or whatnot. Um, and then he was diagnosed with, I want to say, lung cancer, um, and it was it was really bad, and it was just too too late. And um, my mom just had this feeling that she needed to go because uh, his wife Julie was saying, No, like you don't want to see him like this. You shouldn't come down. Um, you know, just remember him how you remember him. And my mom was like, I really feel like I should go. And then literally like 20 minutes later, Julie called my mom back and she's like, I, sh- I have no right to tell you, you can't come see your father when he's dying. So my mom literally goes on a plane to California and he's like on his bed and he's just not doing well at all. And then um, Julie said, um, I'm just gonna leave you guys to you two here just to kind of talk and catch up. And my mom like looks over at him and she goes, how you doing dad? And he like, it makes me emotional. He goes, well, I'm really scared. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, why are you scared? And he's like, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And he's like, I have just like this immense fear. And it was like in that room where the Holy Spirit just kind of flooded in. And she she uh, gave gave him the, the gospel story. And he accepted Christ into his heart and he repented and he was just sobbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, not that, not that old um, whatsoever. And um, she said... Two hours later, he went into a coma and never woke up again. And she was on his chest, like, as he breathed his last breath. And he, like, uh, gets me because, like, it was on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. Right. But how blessed is he? Oh, absolutely. He could have. He had an opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many. I mean, I, I, I don't know for certain, but I'm I mean, I it's with everybody we've all lost somebody too soon mm-hmm. and very suddenly mm-hmm. and they didn't have that opportunity yeah. that your grandpa had and mm-hmm. so in essence that's such a beautiful story oh, because yeah. he did have that opportunity well it shows how the holy spirit works as well mm-hmm. you know that like god wants every single soul and cares about every single person and that's also you know where i i like to argue with people that you know you don't need to go to a priest and have them forgive you because a sinner in my opinion cannot forgive another sinner for for their um eternal being mm-hmm. right yes we can we should and can forgive about you know transgressions between two people you know and a lot of people saying you have to have this for salvation you have to have this for salvation and with Christ it is simply repenting and asking Jesus to forgive you and to come into his heart because I fully believe that my grandfather is in heaven right now mm-hmm. and he didn't need all of these other right. things in order to get there. It was the Holy Spirit working with my mom mm-hmm. and with the timing and, you know, having Julie leave the house or whatever. And he, he came to Christ and I fully believe that he is in heaven right now. And he, he apologized for everything he did in his life and he, he realized how much hurt that caused. And I know he struggled. Mm-hmm. with that for a long time but it's just like there is no sin and there is no person there's no you know what there's nothing that that we can do that puts us outside the realms of Christ's forgiveness and so many people struggle with that because it is a self-loathing they have this thing and that's I don't I, I would venture to say and maybe I'm the only one to think this but I think it's potentially harder to forgive yourself than it is other people, even if, Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, people have gone through horrific things, Mm -hmm. but I know that I've personally done things that maybe to other people may not seem so bad. To me, I really think about them Mm -hmm. a lot. And um, to just say, hey, 
you know, you don't have to feel that way about yourself because the Lord doesn't feel that way about you. Um, and that, that's a tough thing, but people hold on to the, that self-loathing and then they just get grosser and grosser in, in their anger. Um, and it's, it just, it's like we talked about the, like the people that you hang out around the most or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, or what your influence becomes. Mm-hmm. And in essence, this, this personality of hatred is just festering in you and making you somebody that's just listening to Satan way too much and we just have to wake up each morning and pray for a spirit of forgiveness and a spirit of peace and a spirit of clarity all of these things because Satan will attack you when you're in in all of your weak spots he knows them Um, he knows where you fail he knows what's going to get you. He knows what's going to make you stumble. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hit you hard with those every time. But we have a God who wins mm-hmm. and a God that absolutely has the power to stop those attacks and those whisperings in your ear and can give you that peace. Because once you do finally give other people in yourself that full forgiveness, it is freeing. And mm-hmm. it's like you can breathe and... You know, you're always going to have things that come up, you know. Mm-hmm. You've got those people in your life that you can't get rid of, that they're the constant transgressors. And you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I, how am I, you know, Bible says 70 times 7, forgive them mm-hmm. 70 times 7, but then you're like, this person has well exceeded that 70 times 7, mm-hmm. and I can't get them out of my life. But we are called to just let God handle it. Just do the, what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do and just give it to God yeah. because he will be the ultimate judge. Yeah. And she's not saying to not have boundaries with Absolutely you know, certain not. people. Like we have to, we should have boundaries with, with people like that. But the world also teaches us that it's all about us. Do what makes you happy. And like, especially when it comes to people who have hurt us, you know, we, the, the, the world likes to say pretty much one strike and you're out type situation. Mm-hmm. And that's just not what Christ teaches. And that's not who, who Christ is. Cause I mean, I literally prayed the other day, Lord, am I ever going to not have to apologize for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause it's just like certain things that I'm constantly like, I did it again. You know, and sometimes it's like those weird sins that, that have become such a habit. Then you're like, Oh my gosh. I don't, okay. I'm going to apologize again for screaming at the person in my car. It's a real problem. I know it sounds, <laughs> sounds really weird, but like I have a serious road rage problem and it's just like, my, my human flesh is I'm like oh yeah that was that was real smart dummy or something like that I'm like sorry <laughs> or I'm like you know but it's, it's like some, an area that you and I are similar in yeah or you know like I know that like might sound like trivial to people yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy's got a great parent drop off story but yeah I mean I watch parent drop off and go I'm never having children <laughs> for that line of oh, cars right walk there walk them to school I promise you <laughs> yeah but I mean I know that sounds trivial but like there are still things that like I have to constantly go to the Lord for it that are, you know, bigger than what I'm willing to share. But I'm just like, am I ever going to not have to mm-hmm. f- like ask for forgiveness on this? But it's, it's not necessarily a forgiveness thing in, in some of that. It's, it's a burden thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because some things you just can't get away from. It may be a person that you work with. It may be a person that's in your family. It may be a, you cannot get away from that. And mm-hmm. so, yes, create boundaries. But you're something that these situations may constantly just pop their ugly head at. But the Bible says to give your burdens to the Lord. And you guys would be proud of me because I've actually done this. Where I've had these things that had been harboring on me. And I made a list. I made a list of these oh things. Oh, my gosh. Yep. It was my burden you list. You made notes. I made I, 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 I made a note. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> but I did. I was really struggling. And I, I wrote down at the top, I was like, burdens, underline. And I listed them out. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of time, not just that day, but a lot of time in the following months, focusing on those things and praying about those things. And slowly but surely, I was able to start crossing those things mm-hmm. off. Oh, and awesome. Yeah. And it's... Um, Yay for this. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
it, it's it's something that you have to you have to acknowledge because especially as females we're really great about just shoving things down and not like you know not focusing on them we're not thinking about them we're not just allowing our emotions to get to them but bottling them up yep. and that's the bottle that gets shoved all the way to the yep. back of the fridge that you forget about yep. for a couple of years and then you open it and you're like oh that's still there yep. but then it has mold on it yeah and you're <laughs> it's festered terrified to open it this is a good analogy that just popped in my head and I'm very proud of myself because oh. it works <laughs> it works because then you're like oh I still have to deal with that I mean you can just keep pushing it to the back of the fridge but if it's still gonna be there and it's just gonna be nastier the longer it yeah. sits I'm <laughs> so, so proud I'm so proud of myself but I mean it, it's like one of those things but then you, you eventually are gonna have to take it out open it up dump it out and clean out scrub the mold, it. scrub it. And it, it might take a couple washings, you know, yeah. but yeah. yeah. So I, I think I would just encourage, I mean, everybody to really uncomfortable as it is, spend some time thinking about the things that you need to forgive yourself on and the people that you need to forgive and make it not an uncomfortable, awkward situation. If you need to go ask somebody um, for forgiveness mm-hmm. or let them know that you have forgiven them. Um, that's mm-hmm. the hard thing. And you don't have to go and say, Hey, all that crap you did to me. Yeah. I forgive you. You know, you don't have to do it has that. has to be genuine. As, but, but yeah. more so if you've done something to somebody and that garners your forgiveness, I mean, you need to go confess that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's tough. But like I said, don't make it awkward. I mean, just make it normal to just go and be like, I mean, honestly just be like you may think that I'm crazy um, but I, I need to do this for me and so take it as you will mm-hmm. but I need to let you know this Mark eleven twenty five says and whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times you know like you say we pray and we pray but we've got to kind of reflect on that and yeah definitely going to that person and either forgiving them or asking for forgiveness is a big part of that process and it's just like one of those muscles that we have to train Mm -hmm. from weak to to strong and if they don't forgive you then that's on them that's not on Mm -hmm. you anymore and because god knows your heart and that's the most important thing it's always to check your heart and just know that he has the utmost ability to forgive and we can we owe it to him in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. Well, the wind is coming up. I can hear it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to rain. Yeah. So it's probably a good time to, to close. So. Like and subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends about it because I think we're pretty awesome and pretty funny. Um, and then uh, you can also send us a Gmail at igstrusts at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. At In God She Trusts page. Yep. And then you can also find us on Instagram. At in.god.she.trusts. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.